Joke is Just My Thoughts, and I'm your host, Mika Reese, and what is good, y'all? I haven't been here in forever, it feels like. So what I'm going to do today, we're going to kind of change it up, and I'm going to do some catch-up, and we're going to talk about what I've been up to, and then we're going to just go into some hot topics, and we're going to get out of here. So uh, to start, um, right now, currently, the book club is at about 20 members. I want to thank everybody that joined the book club, but it's still open if you want to, and it's a virtual book club where you um, contact me, let me know you want to be a member of the book club. And then we have a group me app. We are about to have a Goodreads um, chat as well. And then also um, we have monthly meetings. I usually stretch it to about in between five to seven weeks, depending on how long the book is and depending on like what everybody has going on. Like I like to keep it, um, pretty much open to all reading levels. So the book we just finished that we're discussing on Monday, um, is you made a death, you made a fool of death with your beauty. That one was only like 240 pages and I read it in like two or three days. So, um, I kind of gauge how long it's going to be kind of based on myself. Cause I read pretty fast. So for people that are slower readers, I usually like to give about seven weeks per, you know, to get the book done. And then we go into the meeting. So, on Monday, when you guys listen to this, we're going to be discussing the previous book for February. And then for the next book, which our meeting will be in March, um, it'll probably be later in March, we are going to be reading The Club. And so that is the next book. I'm going to also post that on social media. But if you want to be part of the book club, definitely just hit me up and you can hop on. Um, It's a pretty cool group. Everybody's pretty chill. Different reading levels. So we have some people that kind of knock out books really quickly and be ready to discuss and we have some that it might take the whole time because you know we're all doing life right now so I get it so I try not to do every four weeks I kind of stretch it out so you have time um and definitely when you hear this we'll be just starting the new book so you definitely have time to jump in and grab that book and join if you like and you just hit me up on social media or you can email me my email is ijmt at ijmtpodcast at gmail.com my twitter is ijmtpodcast and you can find me on Instagram. It's just my thoughts underscore podcast. And so you can shoot me a message or you can email me and I will add you to the group. Um, so let's just catch up on what we've been up to. So January was crazy for Les and I. Um, we were extremely busy for one, but we also uh, got like ridiculously sick. Um, and I still can't even tell you what the fuck we had either. That's what made the whole thing crazy. So we went to D.C., to celebrate our friend Keisha's 40th birthday. Uh, we were invited to join in, which was pretty cool. And we actually just recently met um, Keisha and Rachel. They're a couple. Um, we met them We met them a few months ago, and then we started hanging pretty tight, like New Year's, going into the new year. But it's been pretty cool because, you know, it's very, very hard to meet friends as adults. It's very hard to meet people that's um, like-minded, you know, especially when it comes to hanging Les and I as a group, because Les and I, we're, you know, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty, uh, nerdy people. You know, we kind of chill pretty nerdy though. So we enjoy a good book. We enjoy some good food, some good wine. And, um, you know, we kind of are, we, we kind of chill, like we outside, but we, we go outside to do the activities that we love to do. And so, um, yeah, it can be difficult to find like people that actually are into the same things or the same music or wanted the same stuff. And so we actually did find a couple that, um, are pretty comparable to ourselves and 
have the same chill levels as well. So it's actually been really cool to, um, hang with them. You know, I'm really, I'm really grateful, really thankful. So we got invited to DC. We went to DC and it was a really, really great time. I've been to the African American museum a few times now, but that was actually my first time in probably, uh, two years, maybe. I think we haven't been in two or three years. So it's been a while. Um, luckily when we had gone, we literally had just made the Brianna Taylor, um, exhibit, which was beautiful. Um, I actually got pictures of it, but it was absolutely stunning. And we got to see that. Um, and so they added a lot of stuff since the last time I've been there. So I always enjoy my time when I get to go to the African American museum, uh, for my birthday, we're going to Charleston and Charleston is opening. I don't think it's open yet. It's supposed to open in January, but I saw they got postponed the opening. So I'm not sure if it's open yet. But they're opening uh, International African American Museum in Charleston, South Carolina. So I can't wait when I go in September to to go there. Every time I go to the museum, I always tell people you need to set aside at least like five or six hours, you know, to, well, sorry, not six hours, but maybe five though. Because we ate, you know, going down, when you're at the bottom, um, where that's like the, basically, it starts at like the transatlantic um, slave trade you know, went over some of the African tribes, but it starts there and then it goes all into the present. I mean, that can take you about a few hours. If you actually read the stuff, watch the videos, kind of go through it, it can take, it can take you quite some time. So then we went through the bottom and then we worked our way to the top and that's where you see, you know, American music, um, African American music, you see, uh, everything in media plays, movies. So, um, and then also for the Greek people, you see, uh, divide nine, and HBCUs. And so it's cool. It's cool. So that was cool. We went to the Howard theater to see the backyard band. That was really cool. Um, that was really great. I love them. Um, uh, I'm trying to think what else we did. We went to an African restaurant called Swahili village and that was really good. But for the most part, um, you know, we just kind of chilled and, uh, we enjoy each other. And it was actually like a large group of people, um, probably about 12, maybe that was all there and everybody understood the assignment. It was no one that was like weird or, you know, negative energy. It was just all positive. So I was really grateful for that. So this was, what's weird while we were doing all of this. So at the beginning of January, Leslie was sick. <clears throat> and so she kind of like, you know, it was like, kind of felt like she had a cold, you know, wasn't really sure. And then she kind of got a little bit better. So then like for one day, literally my nose was running and I was like, okay, it's kind of weird, but I don't usually get sick. So I, the next day I kind of, I took some medicine that day and felt a little bit better. Um, and so I just assumed it was kind of like maybe my allergies or sinuses or something was just kind of acting up. And so I didn't really put much stock into, um, into it. And then it was just like, I felt kind of tired and I was like, well, you know, maybe, um, usually every January I take a week off to reset myself for the year, going back into the, you know, work weeks and all that stuff. Well, I didn't do that because we went to DC and then, um, I, I don't think we had anything else going on, but we took time for that. And so I was like, Oh, it's fine. And so I didn't really take any time. So I thought that I was just tired because, um, I didn't really, uh, regroup, you know, and then going into January, you know, the semester started back. So I was back, you know, in school and back doing my thing. Um, <clears throat> so then that rolls into now I just feel extremely bad, you know, and it was like, uh, just an array of things that I felt like my body was tired. 
my head was hurting. My, I definitely had sinus pressure like no other. I was draining like no other. Um, and so I'm like, okay, maybe I should take a COVID test. Uh, when we were in DC, we wore a mask. Um, I've been pretty much, pretty much still in my mask when I know I'm going to be in a large setting with a whole lot of people. I do still wear my mask. So we had our mask on pretty much the whole time when we were inside of places and all of that. So I was like, well, still, you know, I feel really bad. I wasn't sure if it was the flu. I've had the flu before and it didn't feel this quite the same. Um, I had like, like my body was hurting and stuff like that, but it wasn't as achy as it, as you would feel with the flu. So I didn't think I had the flu, but I did take COVID tests. I took four and they were all negative. And Leslie took COVID tests and we went to the doctor and, you know, they just kind of said we had a viral infection, but you know, I really low key, you know, let's not be talking about it. I really low key think that I had COVID and I, and I, I don't know if it's like a new variant or whatever, you know, um, cause at this point it's so many different strands and so many different, just whatever with COVID, you just don't know. And, um, a part of me think that we had COVID that just didn't show up because we both were really sick. And so we're in the middle of February and I'm still not even a hundred percent. I might be kind of close, like I'm in the nineties, but I still, you know, kind of feel like I have, uh, mucus in my head. Like I still feel, you know, tired, um, and still kind of unable to, you know, um, do certain things for a long period of time. Like just it's extremely tired. Like after work, I've been still, you know, getting off and kind of laying down, um, so it's been really weird. So that's partly why I haven't recorded, um, uh, because I, for two weeks, I didn't have a voice and then I'm just kind of getting back to it where I can come back to you. So that's where I've been for the most part. I actually have been sick since January. So, um, so that was, uh, that's, that's just been a lot because it's been, it was really weird. Like after I started getting off feeling bad and starting feeling a little better, then like my ears were like ringing, you know? So I really thought for a moment, like, oh my God, it's going to materialize into, a ear infection. Like I didn't, I didn't know what it, what, what, what it was going to happen. But finally, you know, finally we're kind of on the up and ups. Um, we're both still not a hundred percent, but we're, we're getting close though. So I'm thankful for that. All right. So the other cool thing that I did, and that was recently, um, I am a huge South Carolina Gamecocks fan, uh, women's basketball. I think I've talked about it on here before. I'm not really sure, but I'm a huge women sports person in general. And so um, for Valentine's day, we got tickets to go to the Gamecocks game against Florida. And, um, that's how we spent our holiday. And so we drove down from Charlotte to Columbia and we went to the Gamecocks game. Um, I watched all the games, but, uh, my takeaway from this game was it's something different seeing it in person. Like I, I mean, I respect Don Staley. I think she's the GOAT. You know, the, the work that she's done in South Carolina has been phenomenal. And like, I watch all the interviews and like, you know, you hear her say like, oh, you know, the atmosphere and the culture and all of that until you actually see it and experience it, it's something like none other. Like the players were all extremely nice and professional, but they were extremely nice. You know, we got pictures with Don, we got pictures with uh, coach law. We got, we pretty much got pictures with everybody. Um, the way that they celebrate the girls is um, awesome. The atmosphere was awesome. It was loud. It was so much engagement. I think what made my day the most was that, um, you know, seeing those young kids, um, young girls, you know, wait in to, you know, take pictures or, you know, see the players and interact. They were so excited and the players were so gracious. And like, 
I get that. Like, you know, Don talks about building a culture and kind of getting them ready for like their professional careers, the ones that go on to the NBA, but it still speaks volumes to the players because these players are like, you know, 18, 19 years old. Some of the seniors are like 21, 22, but to see, um, you know, some of the people like Leah Boston or Isaiah Cook, who's like at the height of their career right now and like balling out of control, still had the humility to go around and be extremely nice to the fans and, um, you know, uh, and just kind, it spoke volumes to me about the characters of the players, because a lot of times you might see these players out here that don't care about the, the kids that sitting there waiting for them or just so arrogant in their own stuff that they don't think about other people. And I didn't feel that way. Um, at all. And it was very beautiful. Like I actually sat and was like, man, like when my, when my nieces get old enough to where I can take them to a game, like I want to take them so they can see women being supported and, um, in that type of way at a high level. It was really cool. So we really enjoyed ourselves. Um, that was my first time in Columbia. We usually go to Charleston when we go to South Carolina or like, you know, Myrtle beach or something like that. But that was my first time in Columbia. It was pretty cool. Pretty much a college city. Um, me and Les went to dinner at the dinner, I was like, let's go to a bar. Let's get a drink before we go back to the hotel. Y'all, we went to this bar and it was crazy. So first we thought we were just going to a bar. It was like pretty empty. And then we're like, okay, cool. Like a few kids came in, um, like, like college students. Then like maybe 30 minutes passed. And I mean, it started getting thick in there and like those kids was going at it. And I was like, okay, like I, that was, that was probably the first time I felt like I was kind of old a little bit. Um, it was funny because me and Leslie was kind of in the corner, like kind of the corner of the bar and we kind of just, you know, having our drinks and talking and just kind of people watching, but it definitely felt like that we were partying with our child. So it was actually really, uh, uh, really weird. It got a little weird there. So we left, um, and just headed back, but it was a lot of fun though, but it, it was crazy seeing these kids get fucked up the way they were. I was like, wow. And I mean, this bar is like basically... It's hard to explain because South Carolina campus is so huge. And so it's not like a small campus. It's huge. So you're kind of on campus, but you're kind of not. You're kind of on a strip before you walk into campus. And they have like this strip of bars. So I just can't imagine like if I was, if, they, if I had that shit when I was in college, I probably would have been seriously, seriously in trouble. I'm telling you because yeah, just to roll out of your dorm and just walk down to the bar and roll back. I probably would have been in trouble in college. So that was interesting to see, but I had such a good time. And so that's pretty much all I've been up to. Um, I've missed you guys. I've been down, you know, under the weather, but I'm back. So now we have episode of the day. So let's just roll into the mantra of the day. All right. So today's mantra, I am on my own unique journey. Everything is unfolding in perfect timing. I like that mantra because I actually say this mantra over myself. I am not a person to compare myself to other people. I think it's silly when you do that because everybody's journey is different and everybody's journey is unique to themselves. And so you can't really compare like, you know, this person might be making six figures and it might've taken you six years to make six, six figures, but does it matter the journey? It, all that matters is that you got to the end result. Um, but I think the worst thing you can do is compare yourself to others or, look down on what you've accomplished thus far based on somebody else's experience. Cause everybody's journey is different. So I like this mantra and I, and I used to really be stuck on that when I was young, like, oh man, like this person over here, you know, is doing this, this person was doing, doing that. But then when you actually put stuff in perspective, you know, who knows what their journey was, you know, some people are handed stuff, you know, right after school could join their family business and be successful. You never know. So the point is, uh, we all have our unique journeys. We all have our own paths and we all have to figure out 
what journey, what our journey looks like for ourselves, not based on what other people. So I really like that mantra. Now we're going to just roll into some hot topics. Some of these are kind of old, but I'm trying to just kind of at least say that I discussed it on the show. Obviously we're playing catch up. So I'm just kind of going over some things that kind of happened in the last couple of weeks. So let's just roll into the hot topics. All right. So the first thing I wanted to discuss was the case of Shanquilla Robinson. I did talk about her last year sometime um, by the young lady that went to Mexico with a group of friends and ultimately was murdered in Mexico. Um, the last thing I saw was that one of the friends was going to be um, indicted back to Mexico. I'm not really sure what came about from that because of the media attention kind of went down some. And so I do sometimes Google and try to see if anything new has come up, but I haven't seen any updates. So over the past weekend, while we were gone, they actually had a march here in Charlotte, North Carolina, where she's from and where she lived, um, bringing awareness and asking people to write letters, um, to where, you know, I guess they can get some progress in regards to the case. And, um, you know, that is such just a, uh, a really, really just sad case. I can only imagine what the parents are going through. Um, you know, we have conversations with our kids all the time about being, you know, leery and, um, and just cognizant of people's energies. You know, everybody is not your friend. Um, and obviously that's, this is an example of that, you know, because it's clear this young lady went down there to have fun with her friends and ultimately, you know, lost her life in the process. So, um, I'm definitely still saying prayers for her family because I, I literally can't, um, imagine what I will be feeling. Um, but let's just, uh, continue to just, um, say her name and just give awareness towards that situation. And so, um, I'm not sure if there's like a website or anything. Um, I'm not sure if like how you can do more. I think they still have the GoFundMe up, but that's all I really know. Um, in other good news, uh, Brittany Griner, we noticed she got released and she actually just re-signed a one year with the Mercury. I don't know what that means as far as like her signing the one year, like, you know, will she be gone after this season? But I'm just happy to see that she wants to play this year because, you know, obviously I don't think that she owes us anything. And so I don't think that she, if she didn't play, I wouldn't have blamed her because the amount of trauma that, you know, she probably has suffered, um, and is still processing and going through. I can only imagine, but I will say sometimes, you know, when she said that she was coming back, I was like, okay, because if this is your release and basketball could very well be her release, then I think that, you know, that's why she wanted to come back to just get back to her normal routine and kind of get her life back that 10 months of it was stolen away in a crazy way. So salute to her. I'm really glad that she, um, is back. She looks very healthy. She looks happy. I, I hope that she goes back and she balls out this year. I hope that, um, she leaves it all on the court because I I can't imagine what she uh, went through and experienced, but I'm just hoping that she can get a place to where, you know, she has resolve and happiness because that's what it's about. All right. So this next episode, this next episode, this next topic I want to talk about, I should have brought Leslie on because she really could give you a better breakdown than I can, but I'm going to just go over real quickly. So I wanted to talk about Chris Brown and his rants that he's been doing recently. Here's the thing. And this is my thoughts on Chris Brown. I actually am not a Chris Brown friend. I don't listen to his music at all. Um, I'm not one of those people that can separate, um, the person from the music, you know, and honestly and truly in Mika's opinion and, you know, 
a lot of people probably won't agree. I don't personally think that he's even talking about anything in his music. And so for me, like I'm almost 40 years old, I've kind of gotten past a place where I want to hear somebody talking about sex all the time in every single song. I mean, there's kind of other things to talk about. And so for me, like he just musically, aesthetically for me, he just doesn't do it for me. So beyond just him as a person, like I'm just not really a huge fan. You know, I'm just not. But, you know, my thing is this, like last night, I was, my sister's a huge Chris Brown fan. And so we were all kind of sitting around talking and, and she just like, but why can't people get redemption? I think when it comes to redemption that people don't realize though, like I definitely think that he could have been redeemed by now. The problem is, is that he has a history of violent behavior that doesn't seem like it's changed now in present day, maybe, maybe he has, I don't know. I don't even know if he's even dating anybody to know, but, um, even with the way that he is in public towards other people it's fucking nasty. And so if you want to change the narrative about yourself and you want people to view you differently and you want something different to take place, then you have to kind of do something different for people to actually treat you different. So we know when he was young. Him and Rihanna got into a fight. The reason why I felt like from that scenario, even though like the fight was really bad, he beat the shit out of her. Um, I felt like it could have been some redemption there because she did speak out and say they both were broken people that saw that they had high levels of childhood trauma that saw shit that they probably shouldn't have seen. You know, he saw abuse. And so she was like, they used to fight each other. I don't feel like it's right for no one to put their hands on each other in general. But I think the fact that she even spoke out and said, we both were doing toxic shit and we both, you know, like needed to get our shit together. Then it kind of was like, okay, so if he would have got his shit together, maybe saw help or something like that or healing, I think he could have easily been redeemed. I do. Right. But he didn't do that. Um, he's definitely, uh, on drugs. Um, that probably doesn't help his thought process with some of the stuff that he's doing. And then, you know, also he goes and he, he dates Karuchi while he dated Karuchi, he was, um, physically violent. And, and I'll just say allegedly, but I mean, she did take him to court for this, but she got a restraining order on him. We saw that he was popping up when she will be out and about, he will pop up trying to fight the people that she's with. Once again, this is an example of, um, volatile, violent, toxic behavior. Then you know, when people, you know, granted as a celebrity, you know, people are going to fucking talk, right? They're going to talk. They're going to have their opinions. Just like people that's not celebrities. You have people in your life that have their opinions and what he does, like he'll go and he'll clap back, you know, and talk shit about people. I mean, he talked about Kalani, um, you know, her talking about wanting to commit suicide and laughed at it. it it's, it's not okay. It's actually deplorable behavior. In my opinion, that's, that's partly why I don't support his shit. Then he whines and cries about like, oh, you know how he's getting shut out and the doors are closing to him. But could it be that maybe people have moved on from a Rihanna thing, but maybe doors are closing shut because they just don't want to fucking deal with you. Just a thought, just a thought. I don't know. So then we fast forward to the Grammys this year. I fucking love Robert Glasper, you know, and will the younger generation all know who he is? Probably not, but you know who the fuck Robert Glasper is, but for Chris Brown, who's a 33 year old R and B singer who claims that he just, you know, has the juice and claims that he's just so musically, you know, inclined. Why would you put up a post saying who the fuck is Robert Glasper? Cause you lost to him. You see what I'm saying? It's just like one, you look stupid because you, you should know who Robert Glasper is, you know, but you, you don't. Then, you know, he did come back and apologize, but it's like, 
at that point, when the apology freaking happens, you've already said it because you're upset that you didn't win a Grammy, but you're 33 with children. Grow the fuck up. It's called taking an L, you know? And honestly, you should be thankful that they nominated you. To be honest. So if, if if Chris Brown was really getting shut out the way he's making it seem like he is, he wouldn't have been nominated. You know how many people have been blackballed from like these fucking award shows on that that never even get a nomination? And I just think that, I mean, I, I personally think Robert Glasper's CD should have won. I, I love Black Radio 3. Like I've been listening to it since it came out. And it's not for everyone, but that doesn't mean that it's not a good body of work. And that it doesn't mean that it's not something that deserves a Grammy. And a Grammy is not about how many records and albums sold Grammys is about the, what the music has done for the industry. That's what Grammys are about. They're not billboard awards based on how many records they sell. So people should really educate themselves on some of these award shows. And you know, I don't know, but I personally think me personally that Chris Brown gets a bad rap because Chris Brown has a bad attitude and he has a history of volatile behavior. So I think that's why he hasn't uh, stepped outside of the narrative because he hasn't changed the narrative for himself. Um, to me, when he goes on these rants and we just saw what yesterday he was going back and forth with the girl from three LW and granted, like, I'm not saying she had a right to say nothing about him, but in the same breath, it's like, who fucking cares? Like, I don't know. I just don't care enough about what people, people opinions about me, but I also don't care enough to where I'm going to go on social media. And now I'm going to like rape this female over the coals but for what? Like, I don't, I don't get it. And to me, when I see that type of behavior, I personally view him as a 30 year old, 33 year old boy that is unhealed and has some brokenness and needs to go talk to somebody to heal his inner child so he can be a better fucking adult. That's what I see. So that's my opinion on him. All right. So let's move on y'all. So let's talk about Rihanna and the Super Bowl. Rihanna brought in, now I don't have these figures in front of me, so I could be lying to y'all. But she actually brought in more numbers than the actual Super Bowl. So I think like it, they said 118 million people tuned into the halftime show and it was like 113 p- million people that tuned into the Super Bowl. So that spoke to her power. I saw that her streaming went up 600, 600 something percent. Um, Savage Fenty went up. I can't even remember the number for that, but it definitely was uh, it definitely was a big deal. But I don't remember the figures, but here's my thing. So I had to rewatch the performance again because I really did not understand what was going on. And, um, I thought it was dope the way that she announced that she was pregnant. It's just that we did so much fucking talking, you know, in the midst of the performance and we were discussing whether or not she was pregnant. And my thing is like, I listened to this other podcast and she's just like, what's wrong with y'all? Like, why wouldn't you know that this is a woman pregnant and all of that? Like, I'm like, well, how, well, why would you assume that she's pregnant? And until like, it got to a different shot where you actually could really kind of like see it. Like I didn't, I didn't fucking know if she was pregnant or not. Like, and I'm not gonna automatically assume. And I think at this point, no one's out here body shaming. So I'm like, well, I mean, I don't think people should automatically assume that she was pregnant. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know. So when I watched it the second time, I was like, oh, this is really great. Because the first time we were going back and forth, we missed a lot of stuff. I thought the the dancers was really good. I thought the stage was phenomenal with the moving um, platforms. And considering that she's pregnant and she seems like she's pretty far along now, um, I think she did a good job. I think she did what needed to be done. She gave a good show. You know, I mean, I just, I feel like, I feel like where people complain 
I can kind of see it only because, you know, obviously you go, you, you go into a Super Bowl and it's been like months of speculation on like what she's going to do and, you know, all of this stuff. And so, you know, I think when you go into it and then, you know, she's not given that, I can see how that can be, you know, kind of disappointing. But I think, I think the performance was good. Me personally. I mean, I don't think it was something that blew me away, but I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it. And I watched it. I've watched it three times now. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, and then also I think it's important. It's just, just, it's cool to see her star power and, and just to see, you know, just how strong black women are and, you know, for her to be performing and she's pregnant and all of this. It was cool. I thought it was cool. So I'm going to finish talking about Viola Davis and then we'll get into what I'm watching to finish it up. So at the Grammys this year, we saw that Viola Davis won a Grammy for her book. Uh, what was it called? Finding me. Maybe I actually read the book and it was really good. It was really fucking sad though, but I, I think I've talked about it on the show. I love reading memoirs because to me, like that's what humanize celebrities. Like when you actually like get the real, real of their stories, you know, not everybody memoirs rough and all that, but like, you know, with Viola's, her shit was deep, you know, it was deep. It was a lot going on. She grew up in extreme poverty and just to see how she made it. I mean, anybody reading that, it's just like, wow, you know, um, it was amazing. So I was happy that she won. I was glad. I was happy that she got EGOT. She's actually someone that I'm like, I really felt like it really deserved that. Um, because she's so talented and it's crazy because even though she has all these accolades, accolades and like, we respect her so much. Like, I feel like she's still one of those people that still, um, people still, you know, look, uh, past her sometimes for whatever reason, don't always give Viola the respect. I think that she deserves cause she's amazing. Um, woman King, which is, was my favorite movie of 2022. And it's still my favorite movie. I still watch it. Um, it was just added to Netflix and now more people are watching it and, you know, um, it's number one on Netflix and they're starting to see like, oh, like this shit actually was really amazing. And it's crazy because, um, you know, they actually got an Oscar snub and I was just shocked by that. And I was shocked that Viola Davis didn't get, um, nominated. I was shocked that the movie didn't get nominated. And I also was shocked that like some of those supporting cast with Tusu and, uh, Sheila team and Lashana Lynch, like I was surprised that they didn't get fucking nominated for stuff because they definitely deserved it. Um, the movie was phenomenal and it's just like, you know, it's crazy because the amount of work I'm actually, uh, a woman's King stand right now. So like I watch documentaries and all of that and the amount of work that they, they put into doing their own stunts and putting the work into this movie. Um, I wish that more people really respected the craft and like really, um, supported, you know, uh, all black female cast besides John Boyega. And, um, you know, give him his, give him, give him his flowers, you know, like Gina Prince, um, Bifewood, uh, is an amazing director and she actually wrote an article, which was really good. I read it about how she felt about the snub of the Oscars. And then she was going on to say that she was producing this show and they were asking for saying they wanted an Oscar nominated, um, black, uh, director. And she was just saying like, you know, okay, that sounds great and all, but if you're never nominated or invited into those spaces, like how are they ever going to be like, how can it ever just be like, oh, okay. Yeah. We go get a black Oscar nominated, um, director. Like, she's just like, you have to give people the opportunities to even, um, 
you know, get the accolades to where they can even be qualified for, for, you know, the, this, these quote unquote positions that's asking for Oscar nominated directors and this and that. Um, and it was a really good article and it was a really good piece. And it's like, I don't get what, what, what will it take for people to just see how fucking amazing, you know, um, black artistry, you know, is really, um, I don't know, but I, I, I did hate that it, it was snubbed though. Cause it, that he definitely deserved it. Um, so if you haven't watched it yet, definitely catch it on Netflix now. It's on Netflix. Uh, so what am I watching? Um, I'm still trying to get caught up on everything. I'm definitely behind on everything. We did finally start hands may tell, um, season, the last season. So everybody's finished it and we still haven't started. We still, we just started it. I haven't started this, this, um, recent season of the crown yet. I plan to start that probably this week. I am watching last of us on HBO, which was amazing. It's actually my favorite video game uh, series. And, um, I am watching Harlem on prom, which is actually one of my favorite shows as well. It keeps me laughing. What I want to start is, um, I need to start a crown and I need to start your honor. I heard that was really good. And so I want to, I want to start that. And I think though next week, maybe Bel Air comes back on. So I'm actually excited about that. But that's pretty much all that I had this week. Um, I just kind of wanted to sit and chat and catch up and kind of get us back on track. So don't forget to follow the show. Um, you can find me on social media, uh, Instagram at it's just my thoughts underscore podcast. You can find me on Twitter, IJMT podcast. You can also email me if you want to be part of the show, if you got, or if you want to talk to me directly, IJMT podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget about the book club. If you want to be a part of it, you don't have to be in Charlotte with me. You can be anywhere and you just join a zoom. So definitely hit me up. If you want to be a part of the book club, we are definitely taking new members and also don't forget to follow the show so you can get alerts for the new shows when they come available. You can find me anywhere that you can find, uh, streaming platforms. So, uh, yeah, definitely hit me up, like the show, um, leave comments and, um, that's all I have for you. So don't forget. Um, I thank you so much for listening. It's Mika here and I appreciate you.